0: Alright, hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Travelling Kit. and um, right now I'm in Lisbon and um, I've pretty much rushed through from Paris to Barcelona, Madrid, Porto, Cascais and then finally Lisbon. My flight is not in a few days, it's going to be in a few days time so I'm actually waiting to head down to the south, called Algarve, that's the region, and uh, to a city called Albufeira, before coming back to Lisbon again to catch my flight. So I hope you enjoy it. Alright, so... First things first, uh, I just wanted to talk about Brexit because um, when I got news that uh, Brexit was like the referendum had a majority of the votes voting for leave, that actually got me pretty sad. And I'm sure a lot of people are quite upset about it as well, especially people who voted for leave. And um, yeah, maybe, well, everyone's giving their two cents, you know, uh, those, what, armchair politicians, but I might be one of them today, so, uh, let me see, mm. yeah, so, finally, they decide to, d- to divorce themselves from the union, although, yeah, of, of course, EU has a lot of issues, but um, I, I, I feel that it's a big step back for people uh, in general you know like people in the world and that's because uh, it's really like it, it. we're finally sure that you know tapping on people's fears of being different has more or less won you know like we are, we're gonna build walls around build, building up walls within countries like I mentioned before and not only that EU is gonna crumble and you know we are all gonna start looking out for ourselves and not for uh, the people that we are interacting with you know the people that we live with uh, that surround us and all that and yeah it's really about protecting our uh, our interest and you know that way it's very hard for us to kind of progress if you're gonna lock yourself up w- w- within that boundary although yeah in, in this big globalized war, where again i've mentioned like we're, we're getting closer and closer to one another but at the same time i think you know on the inside we're kind of getting further away from people and i think that the, the greatest fear though it's it's that it's gonna start a chain reaction it's it's gonna it's gonna set a precedence for a lot of dangerous things like um you know i'm just afraid that like other members of the EU will consider leaving. I think like uh, Le, Le Le Pen, Le Pen from France, and, and is also keen to leave. Uh, I think Sweden might also be thinking of leaving, and yeah, it's 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 gonna be like us versus them all over again, and so you know to want to go back in, it's so difficult, and it's it's so infuriating to hear people regretting the decision after the vote or you know they felt that their vote is doesn't it's not gonna matter. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 so stupid of, of people to to assume that. And yeah, so I I I rather that the UK kind of persevere and change things from within because you know the conversation has already begun instead of uh wanting to leave and you know work from there. Yeah, and it's not just going to affect Europe. I, I think it's definitely going to affect the whole world, especially, you know, with um, with what's happening in the states. Um, you know, Trump is also is also sending the same message as the the Leave campaign, and um, I, I think it would just reinforce what he's saying to people in the states and like like what John Oliver said there's there's no fucking do-overs you you can't you can go back and say that oh uh, i i voted wrongly i can i want to do over it's not going to happen this kind of yeah so people should really vote wisely and um and you know like like there's so many reports about uh the pound falling 30 year low uh what else um that the same morning uh, uh, that morning after the voting has been, you know, uh, finalized like the, the votes have been counted For, uh, Nigel Farage says that they're not going to give the the money that's been given given to the EU instead to give to the NHS and he, he, he actually with, with, withdrew that and that's, that, that, that's not the way to go about in politics I, I, I just don't understand, you know how, why and how they're doing this kind of stuff and like Boris is not going to be it's not going to run for prime minister like people in the leave campaign ask people to leave but they have no plans what to do after and you know they they're just going to uh, fuck the country up and then run away and that is just so crazy yeah. yeah i i just don't understand but i think i think more more importantly to to draw parallels with you know what's what's happening back home in singapore is that you know it's going to influence I hope it's it's not, but it might also influence the sentiments of you know people in Singapore because of I think fundamentally the issues are quite similar in terms of you know we have a lot of cheap labor from you know India, Bangladesh, China coming into work and they don't kind of I mean it's I think it's it's especially the problem in Singapore where they don't assimilate into the culture and um, yeah and, and and there's you know there's always this kind of uh, the public's attitude towards uh, migrant workers, although uh, there are good work that's being done, but, uh, you know, like HOME and TWC2 and all that, but I think that's still quite a minority. So overall, I really feel quite upset about the whole Brexit thing. and But then again, I, I hope that they'll be able to recover and and, you know, come back up. Alright, so that's my two cents of the Brexit, and, um, well, we'll just see what happens, what unfolds, you know, during the, in time, like, as time passes, and, uh, it's a little bit late, but, um, like, me saying all this, but still, I think, uh, just wanted to, you know, put it out there, uh, what's on my mind, and, um, alright, let's see, uh, back to the trip, um. Alright, so as I've mentioned, I was in Paris, and, uh, the first time I went to, you know, the Louvre, uh, Eiffel Tower, and this time around I went to Montmartre and Coeur, which is, uh, a cathedral on top of a small hill, and, um, yeah, and I did a lot of walking in Paris, it's such a nice place to walk, uh, I also went to, like, Chateau Rouge, I wasn't told what was there at the, at the beginning, but it's actually, like, a African quarter, so, um, you see a lot of uh you know, people from African origin selling stuff. So it's it's a little bit like Chinatown. And um yeah, so apparently Chinatown is somewhere else in, in, in the city. So they have like different uh parts of town where it's, you know, predominantly uh people from some from a various uh ethnic background I, I, I would say. Uh so apart from Rouge, there's Things that's a place like uh, Belleville, which is uh, also I think that's the the Chinese quarters, and uh, those are the the, the the only two that I went. And um, finally, I went to Pierre Lachaise, and that is actually a cemetery. In fact, it's one of the uh, I think biggest cemetery in Paris, and uh, apparently. It used to be quite out of town. That's why, like nobody wanted to be, you know, uh, buried there. But eventually, I think as the city expanded, there were a lot more people and a lot more famous people as well. Um, I managed to see um, Edith Piaf, the French uh, singer, uh, James Morrison, uh, Oscar Wilde. Eh, who else? Uh, Frederick Chopin. Uh, the composer and uh, Marcel Proust so he's a writer as well so that was pretty cool it's very tranquil Um, it's it's big enough that you know when when you're inside you actually don't hear all the hustle and bustle from uh, the traffic that's surrounding the cemetery which is a really nice place yeah and that kind of uh, concluded my my stay in Paris it was just for a couple of days before I uh, rushed down south because I was going to make my flight to Brazil. So um I took a night bus from Paris to Barcelona. And um it was well it was uh, not the most pleasant bus, right? Because um well I think like both uh I mean I wouldn't say it's bad but there are differences between European buses and buses from Asia because, like, uh, one of the good things in the European buses is that they all have toilets in the bus. So you don't really have to plan when you need to, like, when you can drink water so that you don't have to piss and all that. But at the same time, the seats don't really recline. Not like, you know, in Vietnam and and in China, they have sleeper buses that you can actually pretty much sleep in there (laughs) because they have, like, proper bait and... uh, and okay, maybe not proper base, but like a, a thin mattress with uh, blankets and and a pillow for you to you know sleep and wake up the next day at a, another city. So that was uh, that, that's, that's the cool thing about buses in in Asia. But uh, I think what made things worse is that um, I wasn't that lucky to like I think basically I was just unlucky with um, the passenger right next to me because. He didn't. He had a very strong odor, I would say. Um, I don't usually say this, but why am I saying it? It's because I got quite embarrassed when someone actually sprayed, I think, like perfume or something, like someone from the the seats behind me, and just to, you know, clear out the smell. And because, like, at the back of this of of the bus, there's no uh, ventilation at all, so. yeah, everything can kind, of, kind of get gets trapped in the rear end of the bus. So yeah, that that was that wasn't fun at all for that what fifteen or so hours on the bus. But um, all right, I don't want to get into that. Uh, basically, I was in Barcelona for two nights, and um, I would have loved to stay uh, longer, but uh, it was over the weekend, and somehow the hostel just. Uh, bumped up the price for for the Dom Baits which made it ridiculously expensive I think like I was really paying quite a lot I think it was like 20 euros or so and um, over the weekend I think it like the price went up by I think almost more than 10 times the price I think it was like I paid like 20 and then it was like 200, 250 a night uh, over the weekend so I was like no fuck that shit I'm not gonna pay that ridiculous amount for, for hostels and instead I just went straight to Madrid instead. So I had to really make good use of my time in, in Barcelona, which I kinda did, maybe I didn't. Um yeah, but basically I, I was I was in Barcelona in the morning and um you know, because I couldn't check in it was too early, uh like the, the the guy at the reception told me to you know maybe I can consider doing a walking tour. And that's exactly what I did, which was uh it, it was quite fun um because they actually brought- brought us around um the center of the town, you know the historical city uh where you know they told me about the civil war uh and the fight and uh, you know the revolution the spanish inquisition, all the kings um and all that so it's, it was more of like a history lesson so to speak um yeah w- within the the castle and and all that and uh oh in barcelona you can smell food everywhere and it's really nice it's really cool i'll i'll get get into that a little bit later but um yeah i i will i will not forget um all right so there's a couple of other things that i went to see you know things like the sagrada familia which is this massive church uh that you know it's still under construction, and it's been more than a century uh and it's by ah oh shit, I forgot his name um this this uh this architect hold on yes uh his name is Anthony Gaudi and he's a very famous um spanish architect uh and um he is probably one of like the the pride of uh of Spain or in at least in Catalonia. And yeah, so he designed that um, Which is really impressive But it's still in the construction So it's not that I'd say, well, I've always wanted to go there But when I was there, I was like, eh You know, to to be f- brutally honest um, Yeah, and it was very expensive with the admission So, but still, it, it's, it's nothing like The old Gothic churches or cathedrals That, that you see around Europe so this one is has a little, a lot more modern touches to it. So, uh, yeah, you'll see throngs of tourists there uh, going in or taking pictures from the outside. All right, and um, there's also the Spanish version of Arc de Tromf, And that's r- quite near my hostel, and I walk by it every day or just chill out there. There's buskers, you know, playing music or, uh, you know, those, those people with um, doing, like, performance stunts and all that so uh, it, it, it gets quite lively almost every day there and because it's quite an open space uh, you get the sun as well so that's that's pretty cool and then there's also the Guell Park and that's also a park designed by Anthony Gaudi um, Las Ramblas it's like the shopping district it's just nice to walk around I mean if if you're not gonna buy anything um, and I really like this place. it's called the saint philippe uh something It's basically like a very small uh square that's surrounded by buildings with like a small fountain in the middle and a cafe at one corner and it's very cooling because uh, Spain spin was getting a little bit warm you know like thirty thirty odd degrees and um so it was it was really nice like you you don't see a lot of people walking by or you know, even if it is, it's just like walking tours and they just spend a couple of minutes there and then they leave. So, you know, a very nice, uh, quiet place as well. And um, yeah, and I think it's quite popular, I think, in popular culture as well. I, I, I don't know if I can, if it I don't know how, how I should say it, but basically like Evanescence did a music video there. And um, it was the scene of, um, of one of the movie, like Perfume the story of a murder or something like that, um, where, you know, this guy killed the first girl for her scent, and that was where they filmed it, yeah, which is pretty cool, and I hope I did not spoil the movie for you, yeah, but it's, it's a really nice movie, you should definitely watch it, I think it's in French. Um, yeah, anyways, finally, I think in Barcelona, uh, I was quite lucky at that time, um, because at that night, it was this thing called the Saint John Festival. So basically, it's a celebration for of the summer solstice. So it's like the longest day, and yeah, of of the year. And so what happens is, at night time, everyone would start partying. Uh, you know, and how they do it is obviously with booze. But um, the whole city starts lighting up fireworks. Yeah, so uh for me I went to the beach with uh a group uh couch surfing event and uh yeah, so around it you can see people lighting fireworks every almost yeah, every minute. Every minute there'll be someone lighting on fireworks and it goes through like through the night. Uh yeah, so that that was a pretty cool thing to, to witness. Um I heard other places get pretty crazy as well, in, in the city, you know, like in the squares and all that, like plaza in the plazas. So that was quite interesting. Yeah, and so I just got very tired that that night and uh finally took my took another bus to Madrid and that kind of uh uh topped off like uh my 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 days in Barcelona. And uh so I went to Madrid and in Madrid I spent about three nights as well, because uh, after that, I was going to head to Portugal and spend some time there. And um, let's see. uh, Yeah, I did another walking tour. And that's where I met a couple people that were traveling as well. Um, Ben from uh, New Zealand, Dan from Australia. Yeah, just a few people. And uh, so it was pretty cool because um, for the next couple days, we did uh, hang out again. Um, alright, so basically, let's see. Just to list some things that I did, um, I went to the Rena Sofia Museum, which is a museum with uh, this very famous uh, a painting by Picasso. Uh, I forgot the name though. Um, that that showed, like you know, uh, during the war where a town was being bombed and there were people uh, grieving about you know uh, women and children dying and all that. So that that, that was quite a powerful uh painting that was that's very 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 popular as well. And um yeah we managed to get it in get get in for free because it was like, you know, those uh those events like once a month you have free uh entrance in, you know, some of the museums. So that was cool. Saw a few Dali paintings as well. And um all right, where else? Uh went to the park. Uh well in Europe there's a lot of parks so um but there's one with um some Egyptian monument kind of thing, which I wasn't very interested, to be honest. And, uh, yeah, Plaza Mayor. Uh, oh, um, we also went to this place called uh, Sodre, Sodre Potin. But basically, it's one of the oldest uh, restaurants. Uh, no, it it is the oldest restaurant in the world. So it was, uh, I think, open in... 1725 so it's almost uh, 300 years and um yeah so it's it, it's also being certified by guinness book of uh, world records that it's the oldest and um yeah so that is one thing checked in my imaginary bucket list i don't have one <laughs> yeah and so that that was pretty cool we had like a this this thing called gazpacho which is a cold soup And I did not like it at all Although I I, I enjoyed having soup But it was cold and sour So not my cup of my bowl of soup Um, Mm. And uh, roasted suckling pig So that was good That was good Um, Yeah, so that was uh, one of the I'd say highlights (laughs) Um, Right, Uh, let me see What else, there's also a couple of things Um, I went to catch a flamingo dance which is pretty cool. I think it was like what. It it, w- it wasn't that expensive. I think it was like twelve euros, and you go there. You have a, I think a free drink, and you know the uh, the you you go. It's it's like a pub setting. Um, the one that I went to, you just book your tickets online, you go there, and when it starts, uh, it was pretty good. Cool. Like um, there were four people performing. One was playing the guitar. One was singing, and uh a male and female uh flamenco dancer. And there was a lot of stomping, a lot of clapping, a lot of, you know, clicking your clicking your fingers and so it's it's a it's a big mix of uh different types of performance and it was pretty good. I I enjoyed it, you know, where uh and they really sweat, like when they dance they, they sweat. Uh so you, you you know that they're really doing <laughs> some artwork there. Uh, yeah, th- it was it was very nice, you know, with with the. Okay, I don't, I have no idea how to critique this, but. <laughs> so, <laughs> all I can say that it's 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 nice, you know, like the the flaring of the the the, dr- the dresses and the spinning and the stomping of the feet, and uh, along the way, you know, people kind of uh, the 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 performers kind of. Uh, cheer them on, like hey, hey, yeah, you know, so uh, that's how much I can offer my insight to this,, uh, yeah, but all right, moving on, um yes, uh, in when you're in Spain, you have to try tapas, and basically, um, I think most parts of Spain like as it gets more um. More touristy uh, It Like you have to pay For tapas But Fortunately I, I, I Through One of the guys He's been there before So he brought us there Basically what you did was You buy A beer Which was I don't know Like For like A, a litre of No A litre of sangria You pay 6 euros And they give you A plate full Of tapas So basically For those who don't know Tapas It's I think just a term For like Small snacks, and it can be everything from like croquettes to uh, mini sandwiches to um, you know uh, chorizo, which is like a salami but different on a piece of bread or and stuff like that. So it, it's many s- little snacks that, but they give you a big plate, big, big plate of it, and that's all for six euros. And yeah, so it wasn't it, it was a really cheap way and the food was just delicious so definitely check out tapas i think in in smaller cities they are i would say they're a lot more authentic as well um and you know it they they don't have to capitalize on on the tourist revenue i would say so yeah and uh finally okay no two more things um i also um, as you know, like that was the Euro 2016 So I have been catching up with um, all the games So I saw like uh, Portugal-Croatia Which uh, Portugal was quite disappointing match You know, like now, now that they've won I mean, obviously they, they did something right But uh, they always seem to be struggling somewhat And... Yet still win eventually, which is which is pretty. I mean, it's good for them, but you know, th- it's it's not like um, not as spectacular or you know exciting as you know uh, the England Iceland game, or the Wales game, or yeah, and Spain and Italy was so so a little bit boring, I think. Yeah, yeah, it was it was such a shame. Um, yeah. So uh, apart from that, finally, I learned how to play a game. So you can try it with your friends Um, But uh, So it's called What are the odds So Ben from New Zealand taught me this And we had so much fun uh, Playing this game Basically You just um, Think of Think of something Something to do And ask someone Like your friend next to you And tell them like What are the odds of you For example Okay one example was Uh Me and Ben were in a church Okay, we we just went into like a big fancy cathedral in Madrid And um, I just asked him, you know What are the odds of you saying Hail Hydra Loud enough to hear some reverberation And so what happens next is that he has to give a number so it could be like 1 to 50, 1 to 20 But it has to be something reasonable Like, you know, you don't say like 1 to a million You know, don't don't, don't be a pussy and, and give a, a, a good odd And so, for example, if he says like 1 to 20 And we would just count down, okay, 3, 2, 1 And then we would shout a number from 1 to 20 And if you get the number right If you say the same number He has to do it So if for example We both shot 10 At the same time Then he has to do The 4 feet So It was quite funny Like Funny things Like Hill Hydra Was one of them And uh, There was stuff like um, uh, What Like people selling selfie sticks uh, Along the Along the pavement And you know He asked me like What are the odds of you uh, Going up uh, to Responding to a guy That wants to sell you A selfie stick That I would rather shit on my hand and clap than to buy a selfie stick from you and then just just funny shit like that, so uh it was really cool and um finally, the last rule is that if you say two because that would be that would get interesting because uh, what happens is if so it, for example, I offer the odds um all oh right, right yeah, I got one um what are the odds of you? Going to a bakery, buying a cake And then once you pay for the cake You say, you throw the cake on the floor And say happy birthday to the ground Alright, and um, If you say two If you say the odds are one and two And then we both uh, So what happens next, alright So if we both say one Okay, that means That you have to do it But if I say if I say one And you say two That means that I have to do it all right so it's when you say two it's either the person that's that's offering the odds or the person that's offering the forfeit would have to do it. either one of you would have to do it so that kind of uh gets interesting and if well the only way out of it is if you buy someone like a beer at a pub so uh if if you know it gets too too ridiculous like you know what are the odds of you getting a a nipple piercing and you say two, and you know you don't want to. Obviously, you don't want to pierce in it. Maybe you do. I don't know. I'm not, like, yeah. But if you if you do, then if you don't want to, then you have to buy the other person a beer. Simple. So yeah, I had a lot of fun doing uh, playing with that, uh, playing this game throughout. Like um, because Ben was traveling uh, to Portugal as well, so um, we're heading the same direction and. Yeah, the, uh, the, uh we we kind of give uh offer this kind of forfeits here, um along the way all the time. Right? So, after Madrid, I made my way to Porto and um I really liked this town because uh it was very quaint. It was really it, it wasn't it was still very touristy, but um it was a lot like it it was the first time I'm seeing that kind of uh, architecture you know that kind of Portuguese orange roofs and it's all on um hills so although it's 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 located next to a river but at the same time it's it's a very hilly. I don't know like a it's not not mountains but yeah just very undulating and there's a lot of ups and downs you know of climbing and uh which it's a good thing because it you can see like different layers of buildings when you, you look from the bottom up, and that's very nice and it's very colorful as well. So, that's uh, I really enjoy Porto. I mean, it's the same in, in Lisbon, but Lisbon is a much much bigger city than uh Porto. Um, all right, so Porto obviously, we checked out some of the churches, and surprisingly, it was uh, a lot more different like, very different from. Uh, What you see in You know Other parts of Europe Um, So it was It was quite interesting Because um, I don't know how to explain it They have like um, Those little uh, Chapels And You know You see like A life-size Mannequin Of you know Jesus And and it's It's a lot more uh, Wooden Furnishing And painted with gold And uh, Yeah the design of it Is it's, It's has a very stark difference from what you see in like the old Gothic churches as well and then um, Porto they love their bridges as well they have like six bridges and it, when I say bridge is a massive massive bridge because uh, you know there's one bridge that crosses at the bottom and then another one from the top of the hill uh, so it's it's pretty crazy and you can actually take boat rides um, down the river and, and witness all six bridges and a couple of other things uh, Went to the castle Which is a nice view Of the city uh, Went to Clérigos 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 I don't know how to say it In English Or in Portuguese But basically It's also another cathedral uh, That you can actually Go up the tower And have a nice uh, Panoramic view Of um, The city uh, Livraria Leio Which is a Very old uh, Bookshop Or library and apparently that is, I don't think it was quite worth it though, to go in, uh, because you basically, to go to this bookshop, you need to pay three euros to get in, but if you buy a book, you know, they take that three euros uh, off any book purchase from you, when you use your ticket, so uh, I ended up buying uh, the cheapest book that I can find, which is uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, I'm reading it right now, it's, quite interesting I'm really enjoying that book um, yeah but otherwise if, if you don't really want to buy a book and most of the books are in Portuguese so uh, I don't know maybe checking out the pictures would suffice um, and finally if you're in Porto you have to try the pot wine so I went to do a pot wine tasting at this uh, brewery called Croft C-R-O-F-T and um I realized that uh, like uh, some of it was used more as like a dessert digestive, for others are not, obviously. But they're all very sweet, so um, it's not my favorite. But uh, yeah, but still, I it was interesting to try it out try out you know, port wines. Um, Alright, so next we went to Cascais. Right, in Cascais We only spent a night there Because uh, There was still It was just A short trip from Lisbon It was like 30, 35 kilometers from Lisbon So uh, Basically it's another Beach beach town And it was hot Very, very hot Very, very warm there Um, And uh, Basically we just Walked around And went to like this uh, Infernal Rock formation Like it's called the mouth of inferno or something like that because there's a there's this rock formation with like a hole and the water comes in so it's like a mouth i think um yeah so that was a nice a little bit of nature and, and and finally the the sea so that was really cool um let's see uh yeah again watch football um Went to the beach because I prefer the rest day and, you know, the sun was up. And, uh, but, but, the water is freaking cold. No joke, like, I could probably spend a minute in there and then I had to get out. It was probably, I would say, Mm. like, below 10. Yeah, so imagine... no, no, Yeah, less than 10 degrees, not minus 10. Um, Yeah, which is pretty crazy because... You know, you ha- there you have, like, a hot sun And then you went in the water It was so cold Like, you just went for a dive, you come back up So, that was uh, pretty crazy And, yeah, so Spent the night at the hostel And left for Lisbon And, um Lisbon was really cool Um There's just so much to see in Lisbon And, like, I Don't think I can go into all of them But, uh It's basically very nice to just walk around and check out all the uh, viewpoints because, you know, like I said, there's a lot of hills and you can just go up and they have viewpoints there. There's a lot of kiosks there. They love their kiosks because, you know, it's all outdoors. You can just buy a cup of coffee or beer or, you know, some snacks and enjoy the view because they have like, you know, if it's from other viewpoints you can actually see the castle and the river from from the top and all the buildings that's at the bottom it's it's a, it's a very pretty sight i think everywhere and um uh yeah so there's things like uh yeah a lot of cathedrals i think or churches um let me see there's some markets as well that that you you might pass by if you're lucky i think <laughs> and uh let's see let me remember what else um right i also met uh shana and anna whom i both met in salzburg and so basically they just uh brought us out for some food then because they were quite busy with um their their exams but um later on i'll talk about uh was it the um what was that thing uh i was gonna talk about yeah Elbu which is further down south the next city so but in in Lisbon it was uh it was really nice as well because of um the euros and it's really cool that they have like big screens like massive screens um for everyone to come come together to watch the games, and not only that they have uh bars open you know next to the screens where you can just buy fairly cheap beers, I think it was like three fifty euros just buy a beer, sit down watch the game, enjoy it. And half time Buy another one And you know So it, it it was really fun Really really cool place And concept as well uh, To have like An open air Bar And screening Of the football games And um Yeah I I'm so sorry I I really don't know What, what else I can say About Lisbon Except for it's It's been Amazing just to walk Around the city And and uh, Just chill Along the way I think that's Probably the best way To enjoy the place Um Yeah, not only that, I think um, there's also another place called Belém. Okay, it's not pronounced like that in Portuguese, but, you know, uh, fanatically speaking, it's B-E-L-E-M, which I call Belém. There's a couple of nice, uh, cool things that you can check out there as well. It's just a short train ride from the city centre. And (coughs) there's a couple museums, like the coach museums, the presidential museums. But um, the most key cast one was the monastery uh, that's right next to the church. So you probably would see both. And there was a lot of uh, historical artifacts. And uh, even the monastery was really, really cool as well. Like the whole ar- architecture, the, the design of the buildings, it's um, really, really pretty. And yeah, so if you're in Lisbon, check out Bellum because it's one of the many things that you can do and then I am on my way to Albufera. so um, as I was uh, saying before uh, I was uh, I met Shana and Hannah and it so happens that they were gonna make a trip from Lisbon to Albufera. so I decided to join them because I had a couple more days to spare so it's very impromptu and um I quite enjoyed the idea of a road trip, although I didn't get to drive, unfortunately. But I just hopped on and took a, I think, three-hour ride from Lisbon to Alba Fera. And Elbeferra, it's basically a big potty town. Uh, it's right next to the beach, beautiful ba- uh, beach, and just a lot of restaurants, a lot of tourists there, all, you know, enjoying the summer. N- nice lovely warm weather where you can get some tan um, the water w- was really cool as well not as cool as um, in I think Cascais so yeah Lisbon was a little bit much better I think in Porto as well I did the same thing going to the no 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 okay anyways um, yeah El Perferra really cool place uh, but it reminds me a lot of uh, you know thailand and stuff like that where you can well there's a lot of restaurants and booze and uh everyone goes to the beach every day and that's more or less about it A uh, very touristy town but um shana was nice enough to uh bring me and ben around and go to the various other beaches around which was really cool and one of the places um was uh let me let, let me find a name Right, it's called um, Benaggio Benagil, B E N A G I L, Benagil Beach, and they have a sea cave, and that was really uh, interesting. I think uh, like you can get like, amazing pictures from it, which I don't because um, instead of paying for you know boats to bring you there and back, I actually swam there, so it's just a s- short swim, like maybe. 10 minutes um across like you have to go around the cliff and then you reach the the sea cave and inside it was it was quite spectacular you know like uh you're just surrounded by rocks and then there's only like two openings uh from the waters and on top there's like a big hole like a broken ozone layer kind of thing and uh, you know, with like nice weather and sun, it would look perfect. It would look really, really nice. So that was really cool. And so basically, in in um, Albufeira, it's in a region called Algarve, and that whole stretch has uh, really cool uh, beaches as well, and it's quite popular. Uh, it's one of the must go places in Portugal, and I think apart from Albufera uh, I think a much more quiet place would be Lagos, which is uh, west of Albufeira, and it's a it's a smaller town, and I think not as uh, busy as uh, Albufeira because yeah, Albufeira reminded me so much of uh, Asia, where yeah, people just go to restaurants and have some food, and then to the beach, and then at night everyone starts partying, and there's like clubs everywhere. And yeah, so, it, w- it, it it was nice because it felt a little bit familiar as well. And they have some cool live bands as well. So, yeah, that's Albuferra for me. And after two nights, I had to leave and make my way back to Lisbon. Spent a night in Lisbon and then caught my flight to Rio. And um, that's where I start my... South America uh, adventure, and um, I will update you guys more of South America then, Uh, soon, I hope, and um, I hope you enjoy this uh, recap, Uh, if you have any questions about, you know, traveling in in Europe and stuff like that, you know, feel free to to ask, Um, what else, Uh, check out my website at www.traveling-kit.com I have an Instagram at kit underscore chew or hashtag traveling kit chew um, and I hope you enjoy it. See ya. Bye. Bye. <laughs>